All right, Practice Indie Fam Jam. I am so honored and excited to share with you all Isabella Solari, who is one of our beautiful members and more importantly, is someone doing really important work in the world in regards to solar energy. And, uh, you know, as we're recording this, California and Washington are burning. So I think if there's a conversation that is more important than this, I, I don't know what it is. Um, but to talk about renewable resources and the sun specifically fits perfectly in this week's focus. So I'm going to pause there and let Isabella introduce herself and share who she is, where she's from, and then we'll kind of get into how this all how this all ties in. So Isabella, hi, I love you. Tell us who you are. Love you too. Hi, uh, well, uh, Shan mentioned my name is Isabella Solari and I uh, work in the solar energy industry. I specifically work in the company PSG Energy Group uh, here in Indianapolis. And I am a design engineer. So what I do is that I design solar PV systems, photovoltaic systems uh, for like, commercial and industrial scale. And I am from Chile, so I have an accent, clearly. <laughs> and I'm really excited about renewable energy in general. I've, I've been working in the renewable energy world for, I would say, almost six years, uh, also like wind and hydro, and I love it. <laughs> So one of the ways, one of the moments I knew I loved you, I mean, I knew it from the moment I met you, but when we were doing a cleanup, we did a community cleanup probably like a year and a half ago around Practice Indie, and, um, and we were talking about renewable resources and energy, and you just sort of shared how um, maybe parts of South America, I don't want to like overgeneralize, but you were sharing some of the work in South America that's happening and some of your colleagues um, around renewable resources. And I'm totally putting you on the spot because I didn't write this in the email, but can you just kind of share maybe where your love for renewable resources came from or, you know, anything that in particular is going on in South America that you think is really cool that, you know, we should maybe learn from <laughs> um, anything like that. Yeah, sure. Well, the case that I know more closely, of course, is Chile, also because I <laughs> used to work there and I studied there. And so I, all my passion with renewable energies started a long time ago when I was like mystified about electricity and how we generate it. And uh, well, I was studying, I realized that uh, in the case of Chile, uh, it's a very particular case because we barely have any fossil fuels. So that means that uh, for electricity generation, we have to import like coal, gas, and diesel, or even for transportation, we need to import all of those. And to me, it was like incredible to see that we are importing like fossil fuels when we have all this nature, uh, especially in Chile, like we have, uh, hydropower, we have sun, like the sun, we have a wind, we have tides, we have, you know, it's uh, incredible uh, to see how much you can generate in a renewable way. And when I was studying it, um, something that fascinated me is that um, at least like 50% of the generation at the point that was hydro, uh, but the rest was, you know, fossil fuels. 
And part of the, of the transformation of the electricity grid that uh, I'm actually pretty proud of is that uh, the country has made it like a goal that we ha will have at least 25% of the electricity generation by 2025. Wow. Uh, coming from uh, the solar energy, uh, wind energy, or small hydro, because that's uh, a distinction down there. And we already got like a lot. Uh, not going that far, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I looked at the um, an electricity generation report, like the monthly generation, and it was like 17% already from the generation coming from like solar and wind. Wow. So it was like, wow, like this can be done. And like, it's something that can be replicable in other parts of the world. And well, in, uh, in the rest of South America, they, they have a lot of fossil fuels, but also they share all these resources too. So the transition can happen. There has to be like a will from the people, from the governments to do so. It's like the same case here in the United States. You have a lot of resources and you have the sun everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's a humongous country. You have a lot of hydro, you have a lot of wind. It all depends on where you are, uh, but nature is all over the place. Uh, so like, I feel like there is a way where we can like live in harmony with it. And uh, I think that we should transition away from fossil fuels, especially because, well, you know, climate change is happening and uh -huh. like it's happening hard. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. So, well, yeah, I, I'm rambling a little bit. But... No, that was so, no, that one that just gave me so much hope because I feel like every time I turn on the news, which gets more and more sparingly, cause I, you know, I'm an anxious mess, but mm. I feel like there's no hope. And that gives me hope. You know, I, I know um, Europe is in Europe is in the works of like taking on our Green New Deal and like doing it. You know, and yeah, seventeen percent and the goal being twenty twenty five. Like that's astounding. That's that is so cool. So no, that was really that was very hopeful. And I right I yeah. Really that. And as something that is very uh important is that that 17% was electricity generated, not just the capacity, because capacity is like how much you can do when everything is running 100%. But you know, solar is not on during the night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the wind is not, you know, um, uh, like running <laughs> every day at every time. So uh, having a 17% of the total generation, it's Wow, <laughs> because the capacity, wow. I think, is more. <laughs> so. Wow, wow that's so cool. I, so I didn't really introduce the theme, and I think that ties really well into sharing it. So this week, we're focusing on Surya, or uh, Surya can be both the energy or the icon of the sun, or actually the god of the sun. And something that comes up when you look into this topic is that the sun represents our emancipation or our reaching our highest self or when i think of when i think of reaching my highest self i'm always i'm always careful for that to sound like something that is outside of me but it's rather inside me it's utilizing all of my resources and a returning to what's always been there and i think that's you know, so what's so interesting about the sun is like it's always been there 
it yes. is it is constant right it, it and all we have to do is just like change our behavior which is the same for air quotes can't see them but air quotes finding our best self it's not about reinventing ourselves it's about like returning to this wealth and wellspring of available resources and potential and um so i'd love for you to kind of maybe share how on a you know dumb it down for me um how does solar energy work and what are um what are maybe some myths you could bust about solar energy okay so uh solar energy uh, is it's essentially light and heat and well everyone can like you know go out and like see the light and feel the heat so uh the, there is like also like uh I would say, uh, so, so you can uh, gather or harness this energy uh, in two ways. One is using the heat to heat stuff. The other one is to uh, get like get the light, which will heat uh, special materials, and those materials uh, create electricity from the lights, from the sunlight, and so. And once it is electricity, you can do whatever you will want with the electricity. And uh, for for the heat, you can, yeah, there, there are many ways of like collecting the heat. One of the most common is what it's called the thermal collectors, which are, are these tubes that circulate water and with the heat of the sun, they heat the water, which is pretty cool and pretty efficient. And with, uh, with what, uh, what I do is that I design systems that harness the, the electricity potential of sunlight, which, uh, as, you, as you know, electricity can be transformed into anything that we want, even like charging our phones, you know, mm-hmm. or charging our electric vehicles in the future. Well, right now it's happening too, so, but, <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool. Uh, so, uh, some myths uh, that I would say is that one is that, um, that I've heard is that you cannot get solar energy during the winter, and that is not true unless you are like in a very dark winter day and your panels are covered in snow. Huh. That would be a case where you can't do uh-huh. electricity. <laughs> But if it is sunny and it's cool, it's actually a pretty amazing thing that uh, solar works. And that is also because electronics in general like cool. So like you need the light, the light is there and the temperature is like perfect. So you can still get solar energy. Not, not of course as much as like during summertime, but there is still there some. Um, another myth, is that uh, you can like go completely off the grid just with solar. And uh, unfortunately that doesn't work <laughs> because you need batteries. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so you, you need to have, um, you know, the couple of like solar plus batteries to do so. But even so like batteries are becoming cheaper and cheaper. Solar is already very cheap, but batteries, uh, I would say they're still pretty expensive for an individual who would like to get off grid 
you know, completely. Mm -hmm. uh, another myth is that it's like only for rich people. <laughs> uh, solar has become um, pretty cheap over time. And yeah, the th one of the things is that uh, people will, well, have to get like, you know, an assessment. There are a lot of sort of companies around and you can like uh, get different like plans to finance it if you're interested, because in the long run, you are going to save money. That is like one of the best things that you can do. And it's a win-win for the planet too, because you are also, you know, preventing the generation of uh, electricity with coal, which happens a lot here in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um and in that case it, it'll 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 depend on like how much space you have there if you want it on your roof you know the orientation of the roof there are like shade sources like trees around it uh but uh, i i would say that uh people shouldn't like discard solar right away uh because maybe in the long run it will make a lot of sense and uh, I've even seen like studies where the property value increases because you have solar. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, be, I I know that depending, it depends on where you live, but certain states or areas will also like subsidize making that change or you can get tax breaks. Yeah. You no, know, these are all very state to state. So I don't want to share too much because I don't know that much about it, but my husband and I have looked into it. And, you know, there are a lot of agencies out there also trying to get people to do it and finding them tax breaks and things like that because of that. So, yeah, I think the saving money and then obviously, you know, saving the planet are two real big bonuses. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. And I would say that one of, one of the biggest incentives uh, to install solar uh, all over the place where it's possible, of course. So, like, if you have, like, a tree on top of your house, like, don't do it. <laughs> like, I mean, if the solar panels are going to be shaded all year long, don't do it. Um, but <laughs> if you can, uh, it, it will also, like, benefit your community. And it's a clean energy source. And it doesn't make any noise. So... <laughs> Yeah. It's not even going to bother your neighbors, you know? <laughs> so how does it, in, in terms of that, like how does it compare to other types of energy, fossil fuels, wind, like how, how does solar stand up to that? Okay, so it all depends on what you're comparing it with. Uh, but first of all, it's clean, especially compared with fossil fuels. Uh, because in fossil fuels generation in any kind, you are burning stuff. So you're creating pollutants, which can be catched, you know, with filters and stuff that the uh, coal power plants and others have. But you're generating CO2, which is a, a greenhouse gas that is one of the causes of climate change. So it's like warming the planet. So... Uh, that is one of the biggest pros, I would say. Um, another difference, and this is a disadvantage, is that uh, solar is what it's called intermittent because you don't have it 24-7. You have it when there is sun outside, like it's sunny. And 
Uh, another difference that I think it's pretty important is that you can do it at any scale. And in, in that sense, it has way more flexibility than uh, I would say that fossil fuels or nuclear or even sometimes wind. The wind is still pretty expensive if you want to do it at a small scale. But solar, it, it's affordable even like for a house. And it's like way easier to to have it as uh, what is called distributed generation. It literally means that you have like tiny power plants all over the place, uh, which are, you know, from the, from the customers of the electricity grid, which is us. <laughs> hmm. So it's, it's pretty cool. And another thing that um, I would say is that uh, it, you can install it almost everywhere. <laughs> Because you can put it on your roof and you can put it in carports. You can put it like in land, if you have land, which in Indiana there's plenty. Uh, and if, very recently, they are even installing solar uh, on lakes. Hmm, wow. Like floating solar, which what? I think is super cool. Yeah, and it also has the benefit that... Um, have you heard of this phenomenon, algae blooming? Uh, yes, but I mean, not, I'm not like, couldn't like repeat back to you exactly <laughs> what it is, so. so it's, uh, well, it's one of those really upsetting things that, is, that are happening in the planet right now, uh, especially like in the Florida uh, area. And it's basically that the, there is a lot of like algae blooming, like algaes are growing nonstop because, there have been a lot of runoff from fertilizers, um, you know, from the Mississippi River going to the Gulf of Mexico, basically. And like, you know, algae is a plant and plants like fertilizer. So <laughs> they are like growing like crazy. And they like sun, they like the sun, they like solar energy. So if you put solar panels on top of the water, um, you are preventing the growth of algae or the explosive growth of algae and also you're preventing the evaporation of water so if you have like retention tanks or like ponds or lakes and it, it, there is a drought or something like for example in california if you put solar panels panels on top you're also helping like with um preventing the evaporation of water which is pretty cool <laughs> you know water wow. is a scarce Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I, I just did a nerd, nerd alert. I just did a like three day urban gardener summit and they, uh, cool. it's yeah, it was real nerdy, but it was real fun. Um, it was targeted towards organic gardeners and just uh -huh. like talking about the, not only like, not only not using fertilizers because, um, they're bad for the planet, but because over time, you actually build a more sustainable ecosystem because you don't use them. Like it actually mm -hmm. is beneficial. It's not just like preventative. It's also beneficial, which I, I don't know. I found that, I think I always hear it from the like, you know, don't let it get into the oceans because it causes all this bad stuff. But it's also like, if you don't use fertilizers and you use what the earth naturally does, you know, again, with the sun, it's like the shit works like she yeah. knows, she knows how to do this we just need to give her permission to to like operate correctly so 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. So much hope. So much hope. So with, um, I guess kind of like final question with the obvious effects of climate change. I mean, this, this week alone with the fires and everything, what do you as a professional in the solar field, renewable energy field, what do you hope to see change in the world and how do you see solar being a part of that change? So I would say that the biggest change that I would like to see in the world is like, stop using coal for electricity generation. <laughs> I don't know, it's very difficult. It's, it's very difficult, especially because coal is really cheap. So, uh, you know, a lot of developing countries cannot really afford to do the transition that fast. But uh, still, um, I would like to see, especially the US as a leader in installing renewable energy because uh, everything that is like done here, it's like copied everywhere else and also like the installation of, of renewable like the more you install the cheaper it becomes for everyone in the world right so like it, it's like also what happened with solar with the explosion of solar it was really expensive but like 30 years ago 20 years ago and now is really cheap so my hope for the world is like to see a lot of like solar distributed generation in particular like having more people as prosumers, you know, like instead of consumers <laughs> producing electricity <laughs> for their electricity needs and having like all over the place where it's, where it makes sense. And also that will like clean the air and help with combat climate change. Like if we're, like I think that the, even like just reducing the overall pollution in, like in communities should be a big enough incentive to have renewable energy and solar is so flexible uh, that I really wish it, it becomes way more predominant all over the place. Ah, as well. Oh, and electrification, that's the other thing, sorry. Uh, electrification, more electric vehicles. So yeah. you can have your solar panels and charge your car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the potential is endless. And I think I, I just thank you for being on the cusp of the change. It takes people like you to be bold enough to say, like, there's another way. And it's not just because, like, we're trying to, like, you know, we're trying to douse the fire it's like it's actually better like it it actually yeah. in many ways will serve us so much better so i just i just thank you so much i think with this week talking about soria as this source but also um it, it a lot of the literature around it is that the myth the myths around soria always return to like it's the it is the light from within and it's the like returning to the self. So I hope we are dawning an era of environmentalism and, and humanity and uh, global ecosystem that is us returning to what we are, not like continuing to try to be more, like we're, we're plenty as we are. So yes. I, to close this, I would love for you to share what your last name means and the language <laughs> of origin it's from. 
Well, my last name is Solari, and it's Italian for solar. So, <laughs> so Isabel is going to be teaching all the classes this week. I have have, have, have everyone pause and just have Isabel because this is like the serendipity around what you do and your name. It just it's just so perfect. And if you've never met Isabella, she is the embodiment of sun and joy, and you cannot be you cannot be anything but like grateful and joyful in her presence. So Isabella, thank you. I'm <laughs> just enamored with you and I love you and thank you for sharing your brilliance on um, our our little meager podcast here at Practice Indie. Oh, love you. This was so fun. <laughs> Your, uh, our, our sign off is, um, ciao, ciao, correct? Yes. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao.